All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 166. As the intro said, we're all back in the same room. Plenty to talk about today. But first, as we do every, every week, we've got a delicious debate, courtesy of our delicious, friends at Oodle Noodle. Delicious, delicious. They have got a location near you, I promise you. And as our title sponsor, DoorDash, would recommend, check them out there as well. If you use the promo code Oodle2021, you can get $10 or $7 off your order of $30 or more, and you can use that baby 10 times. So get yourself something to eat. Maybe even try the butter chicken mac and cheese. Brand new. Mm. Brand new. Massage your mouth feelings. Noodle, noodle. That's called synergy. That's how you do it, Dan. Tyler, mm-hmm. what is this week's delicious debate? Delicious, delicious. Oodle, noodle, delicious, delicious debate. Debate, debate, debate. <laughs> is, what was, oh, do the, <laughs> sorry, I forgot it for a second. Do the Oilers still have a problem playing down to lesser competition? All right, so we look at this past week. Tuesday, second loss of the season against the Detroit Red Wings. Arguably, in my opinion, the worst game they've played all year. Yeah. I think over the course of an 82-game season, you're you're destined to get a couple of those stinkers here and there. That just kind of happens. We're used to it. I mean, during the, the, the Aikens era... How many times were the Oilers the ones that they would beat the team that they probably shouldn't have? And yeah. we go, whoa, where did that come from? So we were on the reverse end of that. But the question is, do they play down to their competition? Daniel? Well, uh, I mean, this season, the two losses have come to Philadelphia and Detroit. I would say that Detroit is down talent-wise from us. Philadelphia, what do we say? What is the consensus around the table? Slightly lower. Team? Yeah. 
I don't think it's yeah. I don't necessarily think it's the worst team ever, but yeah, I, don't, I mean Philly's I would six two and to, two. That's I respectable. Would, yeah. I would expect yeah. them to win that game or to be competitive in that game, and and they weren't. I think that this season more than anything has just been the consistent effort that hasn't been there yet, and their record doesn't indicate that whatsoever. Um, but I guess like you have to say that the games that they've lost, they haven't been against great competition. So maybe. Although maybe are we doing Detroit a disservice now? Because I'm looking at the standings. They are second place currently in the Atlantic Division. Yeah, Although well, there's teams behind them that are going to pass them eventually, like Boston and Tampa. They've had a good start. Yeah. They had a good start. But Calgary was in second place for a while, too. Yeah. Do the Oilers play down to their competition, Tyler? I'm actually going to say no. I think this is kind of like a PTSD thing from the decade of darkness almost. I don't think the Oilers have much of a problem with this. And the shining example is they beat the ever-loving piss out of Ottawa every every chance they got last season. And that was, right, that's the team last year. Where, like, that if was you were going to play down to someone. Square. And they took advantage of those free bingo squares. And you even go this year, like they beat Seattle already, who's, you know, quote-unquote lesser competition. They beat Vancouver to start the year, who's clearly below them. Uh, so I'm going to say no, they don't have a problem anymore playing down to lower competition. And I think part of that is McDavid and Drysaddle are just so damn good. So, okay, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Rick, what do you think? I agree with Tyler. I don't think so. I think my bigger worry is the slower starts. So let's talk about that. Yeah. I said Detroit was, that's the worst game of the year. They looked gross for 38 minutes, I would say, give or take. Yeah. What is that? Is that just the Halloween party was a little bit late and they're starting a new road trip and they just hit the road and maybe the legs weren't there? What do you make of that? Yeah, well, I think maybe that's what it was, right? I no, feel... I, I, dude, it, even in the first shift against Boston last night, they didn't look good. They got run around. Yeah. Uh, there were chances they were getting, they were getting banged and crashed in, uh, against all the boards. Um, they didn't look good in that first shift. It did feel like it was a mirror of the Detroit game. Luckily, they were able to score pretty quick, and it kind of woke the guys up, and they came back and... Ever since that first shift, they looked way di- At least since that first Boston goal, they looked way different. Um, so I'm not too worried. Like, it's just... That's those starts, man. Those starts are they they scare me. I think that there's a little bit of it's the double edged sword of that swagger, right? You know, we heard about the comment from Leon Dreisaitl, hold on, it's coming to the Rangers, even though they're down four to one at that point. They know that they can come back. And so I think that they're I think that there's a little bit of them letting the offense come to them and letting the play come to them and because they know that they can just play through anything. And but so they grabbed it when they had to after that first goal last it, night. Of course they did. And that's and that's you saw them grab it when New York went up 4 to 1, right? And that's that's a game that you can't play all the time. And so they're going to get burned a few times and I'm good. I'm glad that they got burned by the Red Wings because to me that's a wake up call of like you can't let even a bad Red Wings team spot you you can't spot them a few goals and and consistently win those games, even though they have been a few times this year. Well, that's what I said in the wrap-up too that night, right? There are many teams in the NHL that are going to let you off the mat when you give them that kind of start. Rangers the, will. Well, the Rangers <laughs> did, and they did a great job of it. But in general, generally speaking, yeah. you don't want to start in the third period. You're not going to win... You know, you're not going to be above 500 if you do that every single time. Like, yeah, the Oilers have gotten away with it a few times this year. And we've seen in the past, they're a very good comeback team. Like when you have McDavid and Drysaddle, it does not take you very long to get back into a hockey game. We even saw that against Detroit. But there are, throughout the course of 82 games, you're not going to get away with it as often as they have here. And I think it is, the slow starts are a little bit of a concern. So if we're talking about playing down to your competition, Mm -hmm. as it came to Detroit on Tuesday... Let's talk about tonight in Buffalo because the Buffalo Sabres are a trash fire right now. Now, there's a team you have to work to play down to. Despite their hot start, you know, they were winning a couple of games in the early going. They are walking into this one on a five-game losing streak, and 
they've got Dustin Tokarski starting tonight, and I forgot that guy even existed. So this is a game where if the if you got concerns about the Oilers playing down to their competition, even though they're on the second half of a back-to-back set, tonight is probably that night. And, yeah, Tokarski's been brutal. 13 goals against in his last three games or something like that. Um, he's been getting absolutely lit up. This is a Sabres team that... They're decent at five on five. Like, I think they're coached really well, and that makes them pesky. That makes them hard to get in front of. Um, but they're clearly not as talented as the Edmonton Oilers. And I, I think I saw on daily faceoff, like, Victor Olofsson might not even be in the lineup tonight. Um, they're they're sputtering along. They got off to that great start. They were feeling good, and now they're coming crashing back down to earth here, and it, it's ugly. Yeah, and that's, for me as an Oilers fan, I always want to see, I always wanted to see Ralph Kruger succeed, but I think, Tyler, you hit it on the head. This year shows what a bad team with some good coaching and some good systems can do in flourishes here and there. It's not yeah. going to be consistent because that team just isn't skilled enough to be consistent, but you can disturb some of the, the big realities in a league when you're, when you're well coached yeah I that thought, was the Oilers in the mid to yep. late 90s into the 2000s up until about 2006 in which case everything just went bad I thought Buffalo was going to be Arizona bad this year yep. they're definitely not going to be Arizona bad this year Arizona's in a class of their own um, but Buffalo is like you know when they got off to that hot start everyone was like "Ooh, like you know maybe you never know they're playing loose chemistry <laughs> and all those buzzwords were thrown around and now it's kind of like okay yeah like we kind of know what the Sabres we, are. We do this every freaking year. We do. The There's always at least one or two. Does this, yeah, where it's like, oh, maybe, maybe this is the year that Buffalo stays at the top of the standings all season unexpectedly. And I, don't remember, I don't remember who says it. Maybe it's Bob McKenzie or something where it's just kind of like the October games don't really count in a way. You just in don't, terms know, of you what don't know what you have in your team until the American Thanksgiving is kind of where he goes to. Yeah, so, American Thanksgiving, the numbers always like, of the teams in the playoffs, it's like 75% of them or something yeah. end up staying there. So the stats we've been sitting on, we've been like eating for years Which and is, years and yeah. years. And we're waiting to get to that one mark. Like we're there. Oh, 70% chance team. Here we go. And unfortunately it's different this year because the season started later. Yeah. Well, everybody, like so a it's a little bit adjusted. So if last night's game, a uh, 5-3 comeback win over the Bruins was kind of like a test in terms of, hey, they beat a good team and they played really well. And that's a test along the way to the playoffs. I also feel like tonight's game is a test for the Oilers in the sense that I look at the Sabres as a team that they need to beat, that they should beat. And for a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations, which we all hope that the Oilers do, they need to kick teams while they're down. And the Sabres are down. And rather than letting them have a life vest and propping themselves up, I want to throw a fucking anchor at them. And that's what I'm hoping for tonight. Is that what, that's what I'm expecting. Am I wrong? Well, and you pointed it out before we got on the airbag milk. Two two games in a row we haven't scored on the power play. Like tonight, I expect the power play is going to go 100%. Yeah, and actually, credit to Buffalo. They have a good penalty kill. Yeah. And I was looking, because I had that same thought. I was like, fuck, man. Against the Sabres, well, they're going to get some power plays. They're going to light them up. But Buffalo is like eighth in penalty kill percentage, and they've taken like the 27th least penalties in but the league. But hopefully the Oilers can, yeah. That they've got, that this is where they exercise some of those demons. They did yeah. it against Ottawa last you, year. First of all, you need the refs to call the penalties. Yes, of course you do. Oh, fuck. That never happens. I'm so we've been talking about this shit. It's exhausting. I'd like to say it that sucks. we're just. I'd like to say we're we're kicking a dead horse or something like that. But it's something new every game. There's something in every game that just kind of rehashes and re. And re, it's even the up. game against Boston last night. There was the blatant trip on Connor as he's going around the net. It's not just us being homers there. Oh. People were sending tweets to the Oilers Nation account. I was covering for Wanye last night. The Boston broadcast was like. 
Yo, that should have been a penalty. Who Jack is, Edwards. Is, yes, notoriously yes. the biggest homer in sports, except for maybe the Chicago White Sox announcer. He's he's right there. But uh, but yeah, Jack Edwards for NHL, there's nobody. They, they said it on the broadcast last night, actually. I think it was Gene. He said, listen, we're not homers. We're just doing the local Jack, broadcast. Jack. Yeah. But Jack is 100% a homer doing the local broadcast. Because yeah, even Bruins fans hold him accountable for that. But yeah, yeah. back to your point, Bag Milk, for that guy to say that, that's unreal. You just look around the internet, kind of anybody watching the game, and they didn't really have to be Oilers fans. They're just, how is this not a penalty? And that's two games in a row where McDavid's tripped with the puck literally nine feet away from the fucking referee, and it's still not two minutes. If the NHL, a league that's been gagging for offense for years now, just started calling their own rule book, a lot of those problems would go away, and it's frustrating. Are the Oilers being punished because their power play is essentially a coin flip? I don't know. Are we being punished because Connor told a guy to check upstairs three, four years ago, and now they're all butthurt about it? I don't know what the answer is, but it's annoying. And it's annoying as a fan of the Oilers. It's annoying as a hockey fan because no other league treats their stars like this. Somebody in this organization needs to stand up and say something on camera, um, face the music. But pay does the, that pay help? It's, it's coming. I think it does. I think it goes to the league. Yes, it's coming. But it's like it's like the Gretzky moment in the 2002 Salt Lake City playoffs, where or Salt Lake City Olympic Games, where he just stood up and said, you know, something to the effect of how Theron Fleury was getting treated. But it was just, you know, they don't call penalties against the Canadians. But you got to wait to do that stuff until it matters. We think that we don't get penalties now. Just wait until the playoffs. No, it, no, because that's like Brian Burke did it with the Sedins and the whole whatever it is in, Sp- yep. is in Swedish for this and that and the other thing. And, but that's and later you know, in the if Torts, And if Torts was, was, was the coach, he would have lost his mind in front of a camera by now. Which is hilarious because Torts was telling, what did he say? He said that Connor needs to shut so, up and I, play. I, Do we want to play it? Yeah, I, yeah let's play it. But I kind of like, I think... At this point, the player can't say much because the refs do take it personally. Of course. This is when the coach or the GM needs to step up and, and make a fans. louder voice. The fans, I, we don't change a damn thing. So last night, Dave Tippett Nothing. did comment on it a little bit in his in his postgame presser while Tyler's looking for the audio. Uh, you already got oh, it? He's got it. Okay, so this is Dave Tippett last night. So he's like... You see up there, I saw it on the bench too. I just didn't know if anybody else saw it. It's frustrating because the tone is set on the first call of the game on dry saddle, which shouldn't have been a call. If you're going to call, set the tone like that, you better call the rest of the game like that, and that's not the way it went. I thought there was a missed call on the goal, the dry saddle penalty to start it off. I thought when a referee does that early, he sets the standard in the game, and that wasn't the standard that was upheld throughout the game. And that was Dave Tippett. So he did talk yeah. about it last night. And, and uh, here's Torts, by the way winning player because you're not going to get the calls you do in the regular season. He didn't last year, and that was a yeah. bit of an issue. Yeah, and he, he complained about it a little bit. He wasn't getting the calls. I, I you know, quite honestly, and I, I hope I say it correctly, just shut up. Yeah. Don't talk about it. <laughs> I do think he has to change his game a bit. He has. Uh, not, not turn into a checko, obviously. But right. He's talked about culture. He's talked about standards. He's talked about winning. You're, you're not going to outscore. You're not just going to fill the net during playoffs and outscore teams. Mm-hmm. You have to play on the other side of the puck. You have to have does. Uh, that business-type attitude of you're not, you, nothing's going to bother me, no matter how, you, how you're going to check me. Don't talk about it. Just play hard, play through it. But the other side of the puck is that important, too, come playoff time. Mm. I think he's learning. 
Chip's going to have to get that whole group. If they're talking about a Stanley Cup, they're all going to have to play a little bit a different way, not just try to outscore teams. There is motivation because you never want. I don't need to hear him talk. That about guy that. does not watch a lot of the Oilers because you, you've seen a change in Connor from day one till yep. day whatever today is. Uh, you've seen him mature. You've seen him progress as both sides of the ice. You've seen it in Leon. Um, yeah, that's the, I get why Torres. That's kind of like rhetoric that you can't just throw out there out, out of the textbook but it's, uh, like if low, you've watched, it's a low-hanging narrative yeah exactly if you've also, watched you, and if, if you watch you've seen them you've, you've and seen it's them. it's fucking tortorella the guy it's who fresh. would complain incessantly all the time always it's 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 just like and here's tortorella you know the same thing tortorella why don't you shut up and start analyzing the game <laughs> instead of telling analyzed. the players how to behave just shut up and talk about the penalties that are uh, that are missed if you don't think they're missed then explain why but shut up and stop talking about Connor McDavid. I just it like, and for and like Bag Milk said, it's pretty fresh coming from a guy who would lip off at anybody <laughs> for anything. He lipped off at media guys in the middle of yeah. press conferences, and you're you're telling Connor McDavid to shut up. I just it's such a the league is just so so beyond itself that they can't even look at it and say, you know what? Yeah, that guy isn't getting calls. That's your job, John Tortorella. It's not Connor McDavid's job to say it. It's your job as an analyst to say, you know what? The league needs to start calling calls for their superstars. And also the whole, like, McDavid's just got to shut up. When has he ever been, like, over the top <laughs> you complaining know, about calls? You know Connor notoriously complaining all the time. Yeah. It's not, it's, and, it, and like, Sidney Crosby, <laughs> to his credit, blazed a trail that, that was through, you know, getting headshots and all that kind of stuff. Gretz and he was talking and he's talking, but he was labeled as the crybaby. Gretz yeah, was, the was, liner. Gretz was yeah. the liner. And and so and so, you know, at least to McDavid's credit, as much as John Turrell wants him to tell him to shut up, he doesn't have to because nobody else has that characterization of the guy. Yeah. He he yes, he's had his check upstairs moments and he's had those little things where, you know, you get emotional or whatever. Personality good. But but for a guy that, like Tyler said, doesn't come out in the media, and he's not ever, he's not ripping the referees, ever. and and even and even after missed calls, he's not seen having a conference with them in the intermissions. It's just I don't know. I don't Shut up, Tortorella. It was no, super was, uneducated, is well, what Tortorella came off. He just as. uses the wrong words. He said it right there. He's like, I don't know if this is going to come across the right way or not, but just <laughs> shut up. Like he just. <laughs> that's his way of saying, just like stop talking. Don't just you know get over it and move on. Yeah, everyone gets very upset about Tortorella because he uses like a lot of he knows harsher words. Yeah, he of course he does. But uh, yeah, you have to realize that uh, if you take a look at that guy off the ice too, uh, he's such like a, a good person away from the game that I think well, we it's got just Caroline Shved sitting in on the podcast here. It seems like Caroline before Caroline, you got here today, guy. she's a huge Torts fan. Oh, I was like, I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah, she was just going on about Torts he's can a, do no wrong. It just make me laugh. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, he's, he's like a really good dude off the ice, and I For think the uh, yeah, he just uses some some words that I think people get a little. He was trying by, to be so. hot takey, but if you want to run around and be hot takey then you gotta deal with the backlash and that's what this is for torts like yeah he's oh, a great guy fun. sure yeah, does yeah. great stuff for the veterans i just think everyone's taking so the shut up, the, so does the shut up thing they're just taking that a little too seriously it's just yeah sure so i i i took it as the way it's like okay hey, no stop talking go out there play your game but if he was the coach or the gm he would be losing in front of the fucking yeah, cameras no, and that is the, no that way. is the step we're at right now and so that's where the hypocrisy comes in and that's where i tell john tortoil to shut up game tonight do you think Connor gets a call tonight? Yes, yes. and Twitter will be hilarious when it happens. Gonna, yeah, they're, they're going to force one too tonight, I think. It'll right. be so bad. It'll be like the it's worst hooking like, call ever. It's going to be like 9 nothing Edmonton, and then Connor's just like going to go down call last night. Yeah. 
There was a lot of bad calls last night. It was just like an adventure. You don't know what is a penalty in this league anymore. Well, because it's random, right? It's like, okay, well, the Oilers are down. You should probably give them a power play. Yeah, that looked good. Okay. Well, that's that the thing that go. doesn't make any sense, right? Like, so Connor gets tripped going around the net. That's what we're talking about right now. If this was the equivalent play in the NBA and fucking LeBron is driving to the rim, he's still going to the line if he gets fouled, even if he's been there four or five times already. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. The other thing, too, if that was Brendan Perlini driving wide who got tripped, I guarantee you it gets called. Probably. I guarantee Probably. you that gets called. Well, that's because he's a Lamborghini, you know? Skirt, skirt. Anyway, <laughs> oodle noodle delicious debate. There you go. <laughs> Boy, that's stretched. And shout out to our friends at DoorDash Ding Dong, where you can get some oodle noodle before we move on i feel like i would be remiss not to talk about the biggest story sweeping the nation this week tyler Gramchuk has agreed to wear a romper to our viewing party on november 27th provided that we can raise a thousand dollars for the edmonton humane society <laughs> he said this yesterday on the real life podcast before the podcast was even over we had raised two hundred dollars or to about 250 yep and we were 25% of the way. And Dan, as you know, when you challenge the nation on a charity thing like this, especially when the product of what you're going to get is going to be so funny, we're undefeated. And right now, as we're talking, Friday afternoon at 2.15, we're at $620 with just under two weeks to go until the event. Dan, are you feeling confident that we'll be seeing Tyler in a romper? Oh, I was going to say... Tyler, you set the bar real low for yourself, my friend. I didn't set this bar at all. This oh, was all just thrusted onto me. Got it. Well, see, I, if you're if you're making a bet like that, <laughs> as a guy who's made some stupid bets and held himself to it uh, at the nation, you got to aim high. Like I'm talking like 10G. Well, it was funny that you say that, Dan, because I think it was Jay that threw out the number of $1,000, which is a lot of money. Don't get yep. me wrong. But Tyler was like, okay, yeah, $1,000. That sounds good. And then Chalmers tried to chime in and be like, are you sure? Only $1,000? <laughs> but then Jay was like, hey, child, $1,000, $1,000. <laughs> Chalmers like tried to come in That's and be your legal advice. I, I really think you should take some of that money, some of the 625 bet it with some of his own picks, and watch him pay off the rest of the money himself. That would be <laughs> hilarious. We got all this money for charity and we're going to gamble. Oh, by the way, we lost <laughs> it all. We're starting at zero again. Tyler yeah. said he would cover it for us, though. It's, on, it his, it's on his picks, man. He's, he, uh, he, the kid's been on fire all year. So I just wanted to check in with you, Tyler. I asked you on the yeah. B-Cast last night. You were regretting the choice a little bit. How are you feeling on day two? I mean, it's good for the community. It's good for the Humane Society. <laughs> and you're going to look good no, in a romper. No, this is called acceptance, by the way. This yeah. Is yeah. He's going to look good in a romper. Every, oh, great. Everyone's going to have their laughs at the party. So, like, whatever. It'll be okay. I'll suck it up. I'll get through it. The I've five, already accepted that I'm doing it. Yeah. Five o'clock game. So, I probably get there about 4, 4.30. Yeah. Five o'clock, seven thirty, eight o'clock, and the game's over. But I'm hoping the boys are, you know, kind of getting something rolling here, so nobody wants to go home right away. So he still can't change. You could easily get him into the night, the downtown nightlife. Uh, I'm going in this romper. I've, I know I'm going for like a solid eight-hour shift. And oh, like, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> so if you want to get in on this, we've still got a little bit of work to do. Three hundred eighty dollars. Make a donation to the Edmonton Humane Society right on their website. Just send me a screenshot. Jazzbam Bag Milk on Twitter. How my name is Bag Milk on Instagram. I'm just keeping track. Right now, $620, $380. I almost wonder if we're going to get that done by the time this Buffalo Sabres game is over tonight, but we'll see what goes. We'll see what happens. Either way, if you are coming to the event and you want a ticket, nationgear.ca, we are raising some money for the Edmonton Humane Society. If you get a ticket to the event, you get the t-shirt and the swag bags that you always do. This is our first event in what, Dan? Probably almost two years. Since February, I think 28th was the day we got back from Vegas. 
Long overdue, my friends. Long, long overdue. Again, if you want to see Tyler in a romper, which I do, this could be a pivotal moment in Edmonton fashion. That was February 2020, by the way, just in case anybody was listening and thinking they missed out on something. Yeah, February 2020. So we're, we're, almost, we're kissing two years almost. So no better way to come back and get back into it than seeing Tyler in a romper and maybe taking a picture with him. Tyler, any good fundraiser, once it reaches its first goal, adds more. Yeah, no, it's not happening. So what are we? <laughs> so what is the next thing we're gonna add? I tried to convince them to have a uh, to get a Brazilian wax if we like, could get up to two thousand dollars. Fucked. What well, about, who would even enjoy that? <laughs> what if I, we did, I would just knowing that you got it. But bystanders, for some odd reason, would. Would yeah. you do like a mohawk or something? No, you can't. Like five thousand. Have you no. seen him on the Daily Face Off Daily Show? That hair is beautifully coiffed these days. He can't. That's get why a I'm mohawk. saying it's valuable. Yeah, no, that's not happening. Unbelievable. All right. Aim higher. Well. First target, Dan, is 1000 bucks, and I got a feeling we got some time to spare when this wraps. Let's do it. So let's see what we can get in addition after that. Right? Yeah. Right. right. 100%. Looking at the Oilers, a little bit of news I want to get to. Mike Smith came back, got sent back to Edmonton after having a setback in his recovery. I heard from a little birdie yesterday that it is an ankle issue that he is suffering, and I don't know anything beyond that. But if it's like a high ankle sprain, something like that, those can nag for a while. Regardless of what it actually is, this is just bad news for the Oilers right now. Although Stuart Skinner did play well against Detroit, Tyler, what do you make of the goaltending situation? No, I'll give you my glass half full uh, approach here. Hmm. Mike Smith had a minor setback, and the Oilers sat there and said, you know, maybe you're good to return right away, but Koskinen's holding his own. Skinner's playing good. You are 39 years old. It's the first month of the season. Just go back to Edmonton, take another week, and the Oilers, I just like to think, aren't rushing this. Hmm. And they're going, hey, Take your time, Mike Smith, because like last year, when you come back, we want you coming back at 100%, and we want you staying in the lineup for the rest of the season. So they're just not rushing it right now is what I like to think is going on. Do you know anything about that? No. You're saying this with confidence. No, I, I, I just think that it that's probably the right approach as well. That's the approach I'd hope they're taking with yeah. this, and I think that's the way to do it is, you know, if, if Mike Smith's at 95%, don't play him. If Mike Smith sure. is, you know... Right, if you think there's a 5% chance he could re-injure this thing, don't play him. You bring him back when he's 100%. And right now, the goaltending's not costing you anything. You've gotten off to a great start. you got some wiggle room as well. Let it be. I can buy that. Rick, you buying that? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm not worried about it at all right now. I've, I have confidence in Skinner as a, as a backup role after the first game. I think uh, it's... Ready. He earned up at number two. After that, I think you can get away with rolling Koskin in for the next two. After that, with enough rest in between, that you can send back, you can send Smith back here, uh, completely rest up, and just be ready when when he's needed. Dan, what do you think? Well, Begnook, I don't have the same access as you, but I, I am a little concerned just to like start hearing different ailments that are creeping up on him and for me while I don't think it's time to panic because I think I agree with everybody saying that a 10 and 2 record allows you a lot of flexibility to see what you've got in your goaltenders in your system uh, I hope that Ken Holland is starting to price out goaltenders and starting to feel out some situations in case he needs to make a you know a, a quick strike but, before the iron's hot but you can't acquire a goalie to replace an injured Mike Smith that doesn't no. make sense That's no not but impossible. if but if Smith comes back again and is injured again you got to start looking at. You have to start looking at an option for the playoffs. Let's just. I mean, let's just throw the but, elephant in the room out in the conversation. Mark Andre Fleury's name is circling the Oilers. Tyler, you're not buying any of this. Okay, a few things. Like 
if you're going to bring in a goalie, you need to get rid of Koskinen, right? Yep. So then you're bringing in someone. If you're bringing in a goalie because Smith is hurt, you're bringing them in to play with Stuart Skinner. So then you still don't really have the solid tandem that you might like. And I just, and again, they would have to make little money and you need Koskinen going out. I'm just not sure how realistic that is, which brings me to the flurry thing. He makes seven, his cap at seven million bucks. The Hawks are going to have to retain or eat Koskinen's full salary or something like that to make that deal work. Both. Both. And then the Probably Oilers both, are going to have yeah. to pay on top of that. And so, that still leaves you with just Smith and Fleury then, in which case both goaltenders are one's 39, right? one's 37. This is not what everybody wants. You know, are you convinced Fleury is your Rollison for this year? I, no. I, don't, I don't know. Like he might be. He's, he's been capable of getting hot for these stretches. He won the freaking Vezina last year. So he might be, but it's going to cost you a lot, and it's a big ask from Chicago. And with Fleury as well, the story this offseason was that he didn't want to move his family to Chicago. You know, he was upset leaving Vegas. He almost retired instead of going to Chicago. So why are we all of a sudden so certain that Marc-Andre Fleury is going to want to pack up his family for two or three months and move them to Edmonton to chase a ring, which he already has a handful of? He's got, what, four? Three we, or four? What we'd lose off this roster, uh, I think, would, would, would hurt us in the long run as well. I, for the record, I, didn't, I don't think that Marc-Andre Fleury would be the answer myself. Yeah, I, I always think, I think that when it comes to a goalie, I think you're going to find, like, it's going to be somebody unexpected. I, I, I think back to 2006, and I, I don't remember Dwayne Rollison being, like, a, you know, a, a number one target for the Oilers that year to go and get a goalie. He was kind of unexpected and everybody just had to kind of trust in Kevin Lowe at that time. Uh, and it didn't look great to start either. Right. Yeah. So anyways, I just, I just think that, I think that they have to start pricing it out because to me, you know, like I'm not confident going ahead with a Koskin and Skinner tandem into the playoffs. Is anybody like if Mike Smith is out know. again, you know, or or unable to come back from this high ankle sprain until closer to you're we talking about January, or February, so. I know, or whatever it is. Sorry, yeah, I, I shouldn't say I'm not overly worried about it right now. I just, I, I just think I hope that Ken Holland and obviously I'm, you know, assuming that he does knows the price of stuff and the the cost of acquisition. There's probably years. no harm in kicking tires. Exactly, I think. he's been kicking the tires of goalies for two years now. He knows exactly what's going on in the goalie industry. I certainly hope so. Yes, for sure. But the way that he's signed these two guys, I don't know if he necessarily has like that. He refused to overpay and overturn other goaltenders in free agency, and there was no trade available, so this is what he's left with. Sometimes you need some. Sometimes you need some insurance, though, you know. And thankfully, (laughs) our friends at Cornerstone Insurance are here to provide it for you. For ninety years and four generations, Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton. With all the products you need, auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, whatever you need, they're there for you. And on the left-hand side of the screen, there's a little button that says Citizens of the Nation, where you can click that and get yourself a discount just for loving us, because we love you, just like Cornerstone Insurance does. Check them out, cornerstoneins.ca, cornerstoneins.ca. Other news from this week in terms of the lineup Zach Cassian back on the shelf, although he's just day-to-day with a lower body injury. The thing that bums me out about Cass getting hurt again is that it seems like as soon as he starts to look more like Zach Cassian, the guy who can make an impact in the game, something happens. Yeah. And he's just had that kind of luck lately, and it's just such a bummer. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Day-to-day could be anything, really. What do you make of this, Tyler? Cassian on the shelf again. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's disappointing because he was starting to look like Zach Cassian of old and the impactful Zach Cassian that this roster kind of needed. And we go from talking about, you know, what great depth this Oilers team has to, I mean, you sacrifice Cassian, now you're sitting there going, oh, God, 
Turris is our third line right winger. Okay, maybe I don't love that fourth line as much as I thought of. And like that one injury really does kind of change the way I look at this bottom six. So you hope it is a true day-to-day thing. Considering Cassian's injury history, you also hope that the Oilers are, again, I'm a broken record on this, but he's 95%. Don't put him back in the lineup, especially the style of game he plays. Let him rest up. Let him get to 100%. If he has to miss two extra regular season games, who cares? Because we want this guy healthy in the long run. Rick, you worried about Cass? Yeah, a little bit. Of course, you'd never like to see that type of stuff. And we've, we're right now with dealing with a guy who is day-to-day for a while, and it's turned into day-to-day, 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 day out a week-to-week with, with Mike Smith. So, yeah, of course, you're a little bit worried. Um, it doesn't sound like it's going to be anything too, uh, too nagging. If it's a lower body injury, we've kind of watched all the plays. Nothing really stood out. Maybe just you know a little tweak here or there, and when you're ten and two, you have the you have the ability to uh, let some guys rest up a little bit more. So I'm not not overly worried about it, but uh, it does bug me a little bit. We don't exactly have a ton of depth past those top nine, so yeah, it shows a little bit of a hole. But I guess it gives an opportunity for someone to step up and do something. I think the point here is that we're all hoping Cass comes back healthy, productive, because we need him. Right. 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 Uh, the interesting thing about the timing of this podcast coming out on Fridays, I wasn't on last week's, the game against the Rangers happened that night. So that means over the last seven days, we haven't had a chance to talk about Connor McDavid's goal and we've covered the week. Now let's cover the goal. I'm sure you may be tired of hearing about it, but I'm not tired of talking about it. I just want everybody to give their take real quick on what they thought when Connor went one on four carved through everybody by the way i'll include it in the article at oilersnation.com the nhl did like a five and a half minute little piece on the goal where they spoke to zach hyman leon dreisaitl and connor just about how ridiculous it was it's really well done and it's just kind of it's funny to see them interacting with each other i'll put that in the article if you haven't seen it but first dan i want to just get your take on the goal what you thought connor going one on four carving everybody up like it is thanksgiving dinner well, for me, like I think it's been said about the play, uh, the the special thing for me was having Jack Michaels call it, and the way that he called that one, it it just it was it was really well done for for television, and it was so it was such a like it's a moment where I think again you know we'll, we'll remember you know where we were in these kinds of goals for a while until he does an amazing thing again. But yeah, unbelievable goal unreal call it just it was all fun all around the loudest i've been at home i think since 2006 i was screaming yeah screaming in my house rick your thoughts uh, i was fun man it's been a full week right now and obviously it's been all you saw and all you heard about for a couple of days uh it's definitely his nicest goal nicest goal of the year for sure hands down um i'm more jacked up about 10 and 2 though it's hard not to but that win was huge the game itself was it was incredible, right? So I guess it was the perfect place to put a goal like that in that type of a game, in that type of a comeback with Leon saying whatever he said. This team's different, man. I said it before. This yep. is our time right now. Uh, this is our window. We're in it. Sit back and enjoy it. Understand it. Um, yeah, this is our time. I just, I was watching the game at home. And I was frustrated, incredibly frustrated, because the others came roaring back from down three goals. They tied it at four. Zabinijad scored a questionable one. Okay, fine. That pissed me off because I thought that goal was going to be deflating. And the moment in which Connor went full Connor, yeah. carved everybody up, was 
unbelievable. It's funny too because not like he's like all his speed either, right? Because he kind of he goes he's not slow by any means, but he's not going Connor speed. He just gets no. he picks his head up and oh shit, I'm between four guys. All right, well let's go down the part. Sorry, the stick the skills ridiculous. Yeah, carving through there, he made four NHL players look like idiots. And it was incredible. And I don't know how many more of those goals we're going to get over his career. 20 more, maybe. Who knows? But he always seems to pull these out. And it's amazing to watch. And just the situation in which it was scored was incredible. Tyler, you were at the game. Finishing with you. Uh, For me, like you guys covered the goal pretty well there. The building that night. I mean, I don't remember the last time it was that loud. Like sitting in there, high-fiving all the people around you. And just like so loud and for the four home games leading up to that point they were announcing attendances in the 14,000 range I mean the two games before that range is one I'd say probably closer to 12,000 but it was full it was packed it was probably a sellout for that Rangers game and it was loud man it felt like 18,000 diehards in that arena and for McDavid to do that at that moment just absolutely it's cliche but it blew the roof off that place it was unreal the crowd was standing up at random points like they were just getting I back love up that. football i love that it that's, was that's it was great you in the u.s man you just stand stand i love it like mcdavid scored everyone stood up and cheered then everyone kind of like sat down then everyone was kind of like holy shit let's get back up and everyone got back up again like it was nuts You're damn it was right. wild i loved it loved every second that's how you fucking cheer if you want to hit us up with your thoughts on the goal i know it's a week late Hey, we only record on Fridays. What do you want from us? Hit us yeah. up, Owen Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I'd just like to know your thoughts. We'll read some of them. His facial reaction might have been one of the best parts right. of the thing. That picture that went everywhere made me so happy. Not only because we turned it into a thousand memes at the nation and we just <laughs> we did our thing with it, but the look of it almost looked like he was surprised with what he just did. Yeah. And that face was just like a holy shit. I loved it. It's it's like he's it's as if he's playing chess and he just he sees the move. It's, we saw it with the Morgan Riley goal, same thing, right? He kind of comes in and he's just coasting, and then he's like, "Oh shit, this might actually work." Tries it exactly, and it works. Riley, right? It's oh yeah, that was assassin. But but yeah, it was like it was as if he just saw the seize part and he said, "You know what? I'm gonna give it a shot," and I can't believe it worked. Unbelievable. The guy's a freak. He's not playing the same game as everybody else. I've said this before. I've said the analogy before. It reminded me when I was in like novice or Adam and one of the guy, one of the boys would bring their older brother out for practice and he was playing in midget or something and he <laughs> would just dummy all the kids out on the ice. That's what Connor Ooh. looks like. Whoa. Wow. That was wow. Clean. We almost had a collapsing podcast station here. I was having a rough time. Over Tyler's right coughing. coughing, knocking He's, the computer screens over. That tap water is extra gritty today. Down at Nation HQ, and oh, he's Tyler got the, is struggling. Oh, he's dying here. Uh-oh, he's got that tickle in his throat. He's trying to battle it. He's a professional. Lucky this isn't live. He's going back, oh, to, the, he's going back to the water. Yeah, that's, that was the key move here. Yep. Having a little bit of extra water there. That was the key. <laughs> got to be a couple of tears running down this cheek right away. All right, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Try it's again. funny. You say that all that about Connor. You say all that about Connor, and yet he's the second in points on our team right now. Yeah, I'm and telling you. And it's yeah. not because Leon's doing something he's never done before. Leon, some, and I know they're not neck and neck, and I know he's not on the same level. Connor's on his own level, but you have two. But of them. Leon's doing what Leon's doing. Like this is incredible. And what these two guys are going to do tonight as almost a thank you to the universe because they were both within like a heartbeat of wearing that Sabres jersey. Yeah. Like, oh, thank yeah, you, Buffalo. Thank you, Buffalo, for taking Sam Reinhart. Amen. Thank you, the ping pong balls. For not really going uh, mm-hmm. Buffalo's way. Yep. Like, very, very easily 
they could both be doing that for Buffalo. That's a good point. In I Buffalo. About that. Actually, but instead they're here, and these guys are going to be very thankful, and I can see them both putting up both three points tonight. That reminds me of an article I wrote, I think, a year ago, two years ago, just saying we don't thank the Buffalo Sabres enough. Yeah. And it was for Leon Drysaddle specifically, but yeah, they could have been both of them. You're right. I don't want to think about that because they're here. Sorry, oh, Buffalo. But that draft, and they let him go. <laughs> and now Buffalo doesn't even have Jack Eichel anymore either, so it's sweet. And their last number one pick went back to college. Mm. There's like three guys in the last 30 years who have done that. That's what Buffalo is right now. I, I was always kind of one over the last couple of years with Drysaddle in particular. I was kind of said, you know, like McDavid's clearly number one, and then everyone loves to say, oh, Oilers have one and two in the NHL. And I was kind of like, ah, I'll pump the brakes on that. Like, I liked McKinnon. I had Matthews in the same yeah. tier as Drysaddle. But what Drysaddle's doing right now... He's got a goal a game. Yeah. Like, in his last... Like, this is nuts. In his last five games, <laughs> he's gotten three-plus points in four of them. He's stupid. Quietly, like, quietly. Well, like, no it's insane. sitting there saying, oh, my God, look at Leon. But they're sitting there going... Tyler brings up the chart. He goes, yeah. oh, shit, he's got three points in four of the last five. This is ridiculous. That's I, ridiculous. I, I there think are guys that don't do that in a season. Exactly. Most guys don't do that. In a well, no, there's like star all-star players who don't do that in a season. It's nuts. And I think he, I think the conversation's actually there that he is real close to McDavid's level. Now, when you factor in what he does defensively, the face-offs, he wins the five on threes that he kills his role on the PK, all of that. I, if you had to pick an MVP right now for the Oilers so far this season through 12 games, I think it's Leon. I don't think it's Connor. Do you do radio hits for other cities? No. Because I really want you to go around and t tell everybody that Connor is like the next best. I want you to Colorado. I <laughs> want you Colorado radio. I want you Toronto radio, but we'll get you some like security before you do Toronto yeah. radio. Yeah. And I want you to tell them. Because this is fantastic. But you're not wrong. That's the scary thing is that there's a very viable um, argument for what you're saying. It's crazy. Same time, just let them have it. Let everybody else think that yeah, they've sure. got the second best sure. player in the league. Yeah. Because because Dreisaitl staying quiet is is just fine. It suits him just fine. He just quietly goes about his business. And, and like everybody Tyler gets so down on the guy. Like, oh, look at his body language. Oh, the guy doesn't care. Oh, He's blah, blah, lazy. Blah, 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 Man, have blah, you seen blah, blah, his back-checking recently? It's nuts. Yeah, last last night against Boston, he had a back-check where he came back and stole the pocket. It was, a ridic it was probably like an 80-foot play, 90-foot play, something like that. Dude, so yeah, I want Tortorella come tell me these guys need to change their game styles now. They're playing for each other, you can tell. And it looks like they're having a good time doing it. And that's a big difference over what we've seen for, you know, since 2006. Probably. Man, can we just, oh. It, it's hard not to look forward and go, I really hope things go well for the next four or five years and we get those two guys on extensions. Oh, amen. Yeah. Need them. I, I still thinking to myself like Tortorella's comment about how you can't win the game by putting more pucks in the net than the other team. Like that's literally how you win. Games. It's, but it's a, but it's like why not? Why can't well, this yeah. team do it? Because there's a the the the, the power plays go away in the in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. Well, they don't go away. There's just more infractions and in, in all that. It's a whole Gregor's done a whole thing on yeah, that. Yeah, I, mean, I think it. you're right. Like think back through the last kind of ten to fifteen years, right? The Chicago Blackhawks win those cups, and everybody goes, oh, man, you got to build big, right? They moved away from that Penguins model, and it was grind them out. Then the LA Kings won, and it was these defensively solid, bog them down kind of teams. And then it went away for a little, and then the Capitals won, and everyone wanted to do what the Capitals did. Maybe the Oilers will just be that trendsetter. Maybe the Oilers are going to be the team that go, ah, yeah, do whatever you want in the corner. Yeah, yeah, pick fights whenever you want. Our power play is going to burn you, and we're going to win 5-4 tonight. And maybe the Oilers will be that trendsetter. Maybe the Oilers Again. start the copycat. Again. 
Because you think yeah. go back, I, I know you weren't around yet. I was, you know, two. You go back to when they won their first cup in the first, you know, 83, 84. Um, the Islanders were playing a different style. The Oilers were not playing the the fad style in the NHL that time. They came out with the, with the run and the gun and were kind of in that situation again. And, man, it's it, it, it's fun to watch. And it, it's 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 scary. Well, and look at, like, a team against Boston last night. That's a good a good team. Of course. And, and we... we and they, 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 got, they, they scored they, on us. And they came out and they were hitting hard. Yep. They came out and played. That well, was playoff four checking out there. And if they, we played like that against Winnipeg, we would have been fine. Well, and they talked about it in the in the game, actually, about how Boston is undefeated after winning, leading after one kind of thing. Like you, you Boston can't. was also undefeated at home. Until yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, this team, this team is built differently. It's different. They're playing differently. It's time to get your thinking not cap. Not that much different anymore. Time to get your thinking caps on, boys. It is time for Buster's Pizza. Ask the idiots. They've got locations around the city. They've got donairs. They've got delicious pizza. We've got some gift cards to give away today. We've got two fifty dollars GCs to give away today. Dan, you put the hat down. Dan's mixing it up. He's going to be my happy helper on this one. The boys have not seen these questions. I'm going to run through them, and then we're going to pick the winners after we're done. Perfect. I'm going to get your takes on. Uh, what do we got here? We got six questions today, boys. So I'm going to start with Tyler. First one's coming in. If there's a deal for a 2LD, but we have to give up yams, do you do it? Uh, who, b- 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 I think I need a little bit more info there. Like if it's a 2LD who's a pending UFA and the deal's like Yamamoto straight up, I think I'd want to ha- I'd I'd want to think I can get the guy signed. Like the context is really important for me on this one. Like if it's the if it's yeah, Yamamoto for, you know, Kulikov. Like I'm not fucking doing that and watching the guy walk, right? But if it's like a legitimate shutdown top 4 demon that's going to make an impact and he's under contract, then I'm giving up Yamamoto plus. I'm giving up an extra asset on top of that. But if it's just Yamamoto for a rental, it would have to be a damn good rental and even then, I don't know. Rick, you giving up a uh, if you can get a 2LD, but you have to give up yams, are you doing it? Again, I'm with Tyler here. You kind of got to know what you got coming in. Um, you give up a guy like Yamamoto, you've got only got really one replacement. Um, mm-hmm. The hole that's created when you move Yamamoto or you put Cassian in Yamamoto's spot. and You're eventually going to create a hole in your lineup somewhere that I don't think we really have the filler when it comes to Bako or even in the top 14. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be close, but I'm, I'm not going to say no. Dan, uh, I'm gonna say no. Straight up, no. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Like, yeah, the context matters, of course, but I just don't think the like in that question. I hear that question as a rental, and it, it's a no for me. I don't think you. I don't think you subtract from the offense that's do that's winning you hockey games to make your defense. You know who's. Now. You know who's. You know who might change that though, Dylan Holloway. Because if Holloway comes in and he's healthy, That's, yeah, at this very moment, yeah. I don't think you do it. But you're 100 percent correct. Yeah, if if Cassian comes back and he's healthy and he shows that he can replace him, and then same thing, Dylan Holloway looks like he's not out of place in the NHL, then 100 percent changes things. That I, I didn't even think about that until like this very second. Like Holloway could make Yamamoto expendable by the deadline. Question. By the deadline is gonna be tough though because he's only gonna be back for like a little bit in February, yeah, yeah. right? And I think yeah. there's really no come games back to the end of surgery. February. But he he's. I would assume the plan with him is he's healthy. He's in Bakersfield till the end of the Hockey Olympic season. break. Oh, yeah. And then... Well, when did he come back? I thought he'd come back like mid-January. Come back somewhere in January, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, the Olympic break ends end of February, so he could get a month in Bako under his belt. And then he could sit there, and, I mean, if he's like a point of game plus in Bakersfield, you might go, whew, yeah, we're bringing this guy up. Well, hopefully he's keeping in shape. Yeah. 
Question number two, we're working through Ask the Ideas for Buster's Pizza. What do you see as the biggest hole for Holland to fix by the deadline, Dan? I'm still going to say it's a second goalie. Second goalie, you've been beating that drum this entire season. I have. Rick, biggest hole right now. I don't know if we have a hole per se, but I think we have a couple areas of uh, of need. And I suppose if I was looking at the goaltender, I wouldn't be looking at like a second goal. I'd be looking at like a number one, one goalie. Yep. Um, outside of that, I think you need some sort of solidification in your second pairing of defense. I've been very happy with what we've seen out of the both guys so far. I haven't seen a ton of negatives, especially ones that end up in the back of our net. There's little things out there they do wrong. That's fine. Whatever you're going to get, there's, there's, those are every player, but I've seen a lot of positive of them too. I just like somebody a little, uh, you feel a little more confident in putting them out there. Uh, Tyler, biggest hole in the lineup that needs to be fixed by the deadline. I agree with Rick. I go with a two LD. And if you could roll out there, Keith, CC, nurse Bouchard, and someone real good with Barry, I think you have a damn good top six. So are you putting Barry at the two right RD? Oh, whatever way. I, I just think it's three pairings. I like you'd have a top pairing with Nurse, and then I think you'd would have. Would you like, rather the, le- the lefty or the righty? Who would you rather? Who would you rather still have on your second pairing, Keith or Cece? Cece. I keep them together. Would you? Yeah, I'd, I'd slide Keith down. I'd keep Keith and Cece together on whatever. If you want to call it your third pairing, sure. And then I'd put this new, new guy, guy with and, with Barry. And, Barry and yeah, I mean, second third pairing is like a whatever label because Keith and Cece could handle the tougher assignments. This guy and Barry could handle maybe some easier assignments. Yeah. And I and I think you're thriving in a lot of matchups. That'd be all right. I like that. Uh, question number three, Dan. I'm starting with you. If we get to a point where the Ducks are out of it and Gibson becomes in play, what would you be prepared to give up to him since you're looking for a goalie? Yeah, Hunter, I, I, there's, there's a few things that I would take off the table, of course, depending on the package, other than, of course, the, the core of this team. Um, if you can get John Gibson, I just don't think it's happening. But if you could get yeah, him, you, you sell the farm for that. Can't sell the farm. Well, Rick, I'm coming to you then. What are you giving up for John Gibson if he is if he became available? I'm I'm using all my draft picks to try and to try and do it right. I'll give you my first this year, my first next year. Um, I might go ahead and 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 use a Yamamoto type of player, and obviously it's probably take a little bit more. So then you have to go to like uh, some sort of defensive um, defensive prospect. I don't want to move Sam Marukov or Broberg right now. Or Nimalainen, but I think one of those guys would have to be added in it. It, it I'm not going to give a lot of bodies. I'll give picks, but I'm not giving a lot of bodies. Tyler, we're living in the land of hypotheticals. Let's mm-hmm. say John Gibson is legitimately in play for the Anaheim Ducks. What are you giving up to get him? Uh, so I'm looking at that Camper deal as like a super loose comparable. So he was dealt for Connor Timmins, you know, a B-level prospect. You'd say maybe a B-plus level prospect. A first-round pick and a conditional third. So if you're the Oilers... Yeah, it's probably Nimalainen or Samarukov or Lavoie, a first, a third. And because Gibson has a ton of term left, I mean, yeah, he's got like five, six more years on that deal. What happens if if we go with two firsts? Yeah, Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, you probably have to add on another first because there's so much term there. And you're probably throwing in another piece. So I'd say like the packages, the ask would be something along the lines of, I think, two firsts, Yamamoto, and Sam- Samurikov. And, like, that's a ton to give up to fill that Are goal. Are you making that deal? He's making 6.4 mil. Ah. I'm close to that one. He's, he's 28, so you're getting... Ah, oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't sell the farm on that. I, I do. 
I those are those have, to me. Those are two draft picks that are going to be number twenty-five to thirty, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. I, like you, you said, you're, you've already got Holloway to fill the uh, Yamamoto spot. Um, you'd have you'd have Broberg still coming up on the left Broberg, side. You still have Nimaline, and then two um, picks. and then the net for the future is set in that you have Gibson, and then you just have Konovalov or or Skinner as his backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense. But it's not happening, for the record. I just don't yeah, think Anaheim's right. dealing with it. And he's got a Gibson's an American guy who has a modified no trade clause. Like if and they go is, to him and right. are like, "We're moving," yeah, he's he probably not high five years. Him. Anaheim's not going to send him into the division to be fed on them for five years. Great point. Yeah, I would agree with that too. It's not realistic. The realistic target, I still think. I've talked about this for a while. I I think the Jari. yeah, it's Jari. It is. Like, know, it's just, if you've listened to Tyler for a couple of years, yeah. and I've been he said Tristan Jerry about more times than any other name. But Oliver Card Raquel's getting up there, but he's been on the <laughs> injured list for a little while. He's brought the numbers down. But I'm yeah, Jari's you, been Jari. He's been on Team Jari for a while. Here. My head won't fit through the door if they get Raquel and Jari at the deadline. I'll just be. I'll be on the Last question this week Ask the Idiots for Buster's Pizza. And then we're going to do a little draw for a couple of $50 gift cards, courtesy of the people that submitted these questions. If you want in on these, draws for $50 GC from Buster's Pizza. Hit me up. Slide in my DMs. Say, hey, bag milk. This is for Ask the Idiots. I got a question for the boys. And I'll be like, all right, man. You're in the draw. No problem. Tyler, I'm starting with you on this one. What do you think the problem is with the Oilers starting the game on time? This seems to be an endemic problem of theirs that's gone on for too long. Why are they rarely ready at puck drop? And what would you do to fix it? I don't think it's anything we have an answer to. I like I, people love to be like, oh, it's on the coaching staff. No, it's not on the coaching staff. And we've been through different rosters and different yeah. coaching staffs, and it's still a thing. Like I've, I honestly, I do not know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, my answer is I have no answer. <laughs> I have an idea. Okay, I'm gonna finish with Dan then. Rick, what's your what's your solution to this problem? Uh, I'm going loud music in the dressing room with a mm-hmm. big bass. Yeah, maybe Guar. Um. I have. I'm convincing them that's the second. We're coming out for the second period, mm-hmm. or at least halfway through the second <laughs> period. Like first period's over, boys. Let's go. Um, you got to get creative. I don't know what it is, but I'm going with loud. I'm I'm trying to get that room bumped up. I'm get. You know what? I'm bringing Gizmo in. I'm bringing Gizmo in. I'm giving him my microphone and telling him to get the job done. Oh man, that's a throwback. I haven't thought about Gizmo in a long time. <laughs> Dan, you said you have a solution. What is the solution to having the Oilers start on time? Well, I think for home games, the easy solution is exactly what Rick talked about. It's getting the music pumping inside the building. The oh, second dude, the I doors was, open. Oh, I'm going smaller. I'm I'm like, I want, screw the fucking building. I'm dressing room. Actually, I got the, you know what? I got I want, some with a ghetto blaster coming in. I want to follow Dan down this rabbit hole for a second because I'm thinking about when we go into a game in Vegas. Yes. When you walk in the door. It is smashing loud in there. So here's my thing. Also, you're also at least 42 Bud Lights deep by the time you get there. You loved, you loved, or sorry, Tyler loved (laughs) the atmosphere in New York, in the New York game, right? Like it was excited. Everybody's up and amped up. If the players walk into Rod or have the fans walk into Rogers, the sound is pumping. The fans get going and start doing like a let's go Oilers chant, get things going early. I know, but if the fans show up, they have this drum line that does this like and if the fans can get in on something like this and can be and can get jacked up and get the stadium going before the players come out it's going to help them a lot i agree with you but who'd you put that on 
Me and you, Rick. Thank you. That's what I mean. Put I us know. in the arena. I am, I am a thousand percent on board with you, dude. The fans need to go in. If you want it, if you want that type of a venue, if you want that type, of, you need to go in there and set it yourselves. Look at what Cameron Shears did for himself, just by just by shirt guy pitching. Yeah, yeah. Cameron yeah. just by pitch or sorry, yeah, Cameron. What did I call him? Cam Shears. That's his uh, Twitter handle. There you go. He he created something out of nothing. He just went to hockey games and started getting crazy and getting awkward. <laughs> And he and he made something happen out of it. I just think that if the if the Oilers have any sense about themselves, they don't have to necessarily hire you, Rick. But the you fa- I, Rick. But, you, but you agree with me. The fans have to be the ones to make yes, the noise. Yes, of course you we can do. play them. You can turn the music up to tell of all you want. But the fans need because that's where it comes from. Of course, I and do think the Oilers could do a better job of setting the table for that. Though. Fair, and that's, yes, and that's on the and that's on the organization hundred percent. You know, what you you do it right now. You remember down in the bottom of Rexall, how it's always like those metal stairs. Go put that in there because that dude. I'm, th- it's true. I'm that, I, I was thinking of smacking the back of the chairs. Kind yeah, of, yeah, but yeah, that that, that metal noise that yep. you get going, you get the stomp going on, that echoes through the whole damn building. Something that small would change a lot. I don't think it would. For sure, I, it would. no. I don't oh, think. Yeah. The, I don't think the teams coming out and like not no, because turning now, over pucks at their blue line because people no, are no, but it gets the, metal. But no, but it gets the fan. It gets the fans going, and instead of having yeah. like to scream "Let's go Oilers," when you could hear your own voice, and you start like, "Oh no, I sound something like that." You can just do the stompy stomp. You people were, are getting up for that, and you get that going in the whole building. That snowballs. Then the team comes out. It's a lot different. You were in the building Friday night. Yeah, and they did started the, like shit. Did the, the crowd but did was the, good? But did the fans get amped up? The fans got amped up after that second goal, right? Yeah. And and then they got even more amped up after the third one. Yeah. The building gets crazy. The players start feeding off of it. Yeah, I think they do like to an extent. So, but so I the don't Oilers think that need to recognize that. slow start problem. The Oilers need to recognize that as an element to help the players. See, and I, I, I kind of think it does because they seem to come out um, sluggish and, and playing in uh, you know in, in neutral and they, you know if you come out and play against anybody the way Boston did us last night I think that's a great step in the right direction and all Boston did was come out with some energy and start banging some bodies and the Oilers don't usually do that they're a little more they're a little pa- they're a little more passive they're a little more you know quiet they're a little Letting more the game come to them yeah it's go out there you create it and it'll happen it's ask Zach Cassian. Well, that's the thing. Like Connor McDavid does what he does against the New York Rangers. Three seconds into a game, he just comes up to the blue line and kind of just rope a dopes and tries to catch a team off guard right away. Like that kind of stuff. If the fans are into it, the players are going to be too. Playoffs, baby. I I like the idea of setting the table a little Those bit. Those chance and shit that we had going back in the day. Yep. Those are nuts. Know what else is nuts? How delicious a Caesar made with Deuce Vodka is. Delicious. You go to deucevodka.com, on the right-hand side of the screen. It says find in the store. That will take you to the store locator. That will tell you how to get it. Got it? We've got Ask the Idiots coming up. Or uh, we've got Hot Cold Performers coming up. Tyler's getting his buttons ready. But first, we've got a little business to take care of. Again, you guys submitted Ask the Idiots questions. we got some draws to give away. Dan's pulled out the first name. The first winner is, sir. Big Kiwi. Big Kiwi. Shout out to Big Kiwi. He submitted the question about getting Gibson. If he was in play. So Big Kiwi, I will reach out to you. That is a winner of a $50 GC to Buster's Pizza. Number two, Dan. Number two is Steveland Cleaner. Steveland Cleaner. He sent that one in just this morning. So there we go. Two $50 GCs. One for each of you coming at you just for submitting questions to Ask the Idiots. It's that easy, people. It's that easy. Slide into my DMs with a question for the boys. We'll read them as part of every episode. Tyler, if your buttons are ready, it is time for the Deuce Vodka 
hot and cold performers of the week. Mm-hmm. As we do every week, we start off with our veggies. Looking at everybody's whipping around on their phones right now to find their hot and cold performers. Tyler, you look ready, so I'm going to start with you. Your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. No, I was not ready at all. Um, I'm going with the low-hanging fruit, then, if you're going to me first, and I'm saying it's the officiating we saw this week. Two missed calls on McDavid. The one against Detroit certainly had an, uh, certainly had an outcome on the game. If the Oilers could have gotten that last penalty, you never know. Uh, so the officiating this week, it's an easy one, and I'm taking it. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Rick, your next up, you two spot a cold form of the week. Uh, I'm going another <laughs> easy one. He's got a two-game suspension, I think, out of this, and it's Tucker Poolman last night. I don't know exactly what he is doing, but he he whipped that stick in the poor dude's head. Like, I, I Did he know. really? I haven't seen this. Oh, he comes. Yeah, it's, it's bad. He One-hander right across the ear. It was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cold. Nation Dan, Deuce Vodka cold form of the week. It's I it, like Tyler. I talked about it with Tyler just before the podcast came on. I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. It's the NHL for denying the other victim of Brad Aldrich uh, any kind of mental health support, saying that they have to go to the Chicago Blackhawks for it. So NHL, you just get my cold performer of the week. Just to wrap things up, my Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is I'm looking way ahead. I'm looking months in advance. And I was thinking about the Rangers game on Friday and how great Jack Michaels was making the calls for that game. And I was just thinking about how we're not going to have him for the playoffs, most likely. Mm-hmm. Unless Sportsnet does an about face a little bit, which maybe we can help push as the season goes on. But just the realization that we're probably not going to have Jack for the playoffs is my cold performer of the week. I do love the idea of after the Oilers clinch, we should start like an Oilers nation, like hashtag Jack for playoffs thing. 100%. We should just be pushing it all year. Yeah. Because the way he calls games... First of all, the the language he uses is very flowery. I like it. It's very descriptive, and it makes me happy to hear. But when he gets fired up, and when the game is on the line, and the Oilers are pushing, I I just he's the best. Even when it's not, he still has fun with it, and still pushes it you to keep listening and watching along. Also, the chemistry with him and Louis, mm-hmm. it's great. It's great. Flipping the ledger. Let's finish things off with some positives from our lives in the last seven days. Tyler, I'm coming back to you first. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. I am giving my hot performer of the week to the city of Edmonton, hashtag the Tundra, who's thrown their support behind the Canada men's national team. There's going to be, what, a grand total when you add up the attendance for the two games that are going to happen in the next week? Close to 80, 90,000 people at these games, 90,000 plus. It's going to be wild, man. It's going to be great. I'm happy to see us throwing our support behind another sport and uh, happy to see Alfonso Davies back in his hometown as well. So uh, the two games coming up, I already know they're going to be great. And they get my hot performer of the week. Pour it on! So I, I'm admittedly not a soccer fan. Can you explain, Tyler, or anybody else, just how good is Alfonso Davies? Like, he's, Caroline, you know, calls him the best left back in the world, and she's probably not incorrect in that. He is like, if you were to go like the top whatever under 25, top football players under 25, he'd be top five in the world pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. And pretty amazing. to get from, better. Pretty amazing. If you took like, yeah, if you took yeah. if you just made an ultimate starting lineup from all the best players in the world right now, he's there. He's he's on the team. He could very well be starting. That's pretty special. That's somebody trying to break into the room just in case that's that got not a Canadian. Yeah, that's that's an Edmontonian. Was I told that? you we can let you out later? No, he still can't find his wallet. Yeah, <laughs> Waz is looking for his wallet. Uh, that was Tyler. Rick, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. 
Uh, you got to give it to the kid who just signed his three-year ELC. Yeah, he kind of slipped to the sixth round there. Yeah, Matvey Petrov. I know. You know, it was the scouts who found him, but the player who did it himself. Uh, Ten goals, eight assists right now through 14 games. Gets his ELC. So uh, welcome to the welcome to the team, Matt Vey. He's a hot guy. Yeah, uh, 180th overall pick in 2021 by the Oilers. So far, looking real good. Nation Dan, Deuce Vaga, hot performer of the week. Uh, well, admittedly, I, I wasn't necessarily the biggest supporter of the WNBA before I was able to go down and see a game in Vegas this past fall. Uh, but... As soon as I was at the game, I said, Canada needs a WNBA team. And the fact that this is a conversation that seems to be picking up steam right now is awesome to me. The, so for everybody involved, and I hope it gets done, uh, the WNBA maybe coming to, ba- to Canada is a great thing, and that's going to be my hot performer of the week. Uh, yeah! I'm going to go back to the Oilers. Um, I'm going to say my Deuce Vaca hot performer of the week is I'm going to give some love to Cody Ceci. I thought last night was his best game as an Oiler. He got his first goal with the Oilers last night. He's been making some nice plays, looking a little bit more comfortable on that second pairing over the last few weeks. So he doesn't get a lot of love around here. In fact, a lot of people were kind of shitting on the deal, including some of us on this podcast, myself included. Uh, So I'm going to give the guy some love for playing well. Cody Ceci, Deuce Vaca hot performer of the week. He's a hot guy. And with that... We're going to wrap up episode 166 of Oilers Nation Radio. I'm just going to say, hey, if you have a couple of shekels laying around, maybe consider donating them to the Edmonton Humane Society so that we can see Tyler in a romper. We've only got $380 left to go, and I know we're going to get there because the nation always steps up. And from all of our friends at DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone Insurance, Deuce Vodka, and Buster's Pizza, I'm Bag Milk for Dan, Rick, and Tyler. Episode 166 is in the books. Big Oilers win tonight. And as we wrap up, let's get some score predictions. 4-2 Oilers. Dan? 6-3 Oilers. There's oh. Tyler. Dan? I think I said 6-4 Oilers. Rick? 5-2, baby. Wins all around. That's Oilers Nation Radio. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your cousins, tell your coworkers. Every Friday, we're coming right in your ear holes. Goodbye, everybody. Shout out, Jack Michaels. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Real Life Podcast. Don't want to miss any of our nonsense? Hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.